Thank you. Wow, Mark is putting whiskey on ice. I think this is a, a significant moment. Whiskey, whiskey. Welcome to Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock. And I'm Jamie Johnson. And today's topic is... Music and whiskey. Music and whiskey. That's awesome. And we have our friend and wine writer, Mike DeCaro here. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Uh, you guys might remember Mike DeCaro from the gin episode, uh, where he brought about, what, 12 to 14 gins? Oh, my gosh. I, was, oh, I just yeah. remember I drank so much. I, I know. I forgot that we had so much gin that time. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure there was like a happy, happy pitcher <laughs> selfie <Yeah>. afterwards. <laughs> I, well, the, for, most frustrating, the most frustrating part about that uh, podcast was you, you were talking more than you were pouring. And it's kind of like when Correct. you go to a bar and, and you, you know, the bartender's chatty, but like, okay, but I'm, my, my drink's empty. Please mm-hmm. give me more. Mark, you. Yeah. <laughs> Mark is like I think you started I got helping focused. yourself. I did. Yeah. Uh, it's also, <laughs> that sounds about right. Also, very common behavior for me at the bar. Eventually, I'm like, okay, look, I mean, like, come on, if you're not going to serve me at a rate, it's, that's yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that was a fun podcast. Um, Thank you. And but today we're going to be talking about music, which I know nothing about. Um, I have. Yeah, you do. It's going to be hilarious. I, I was going to say, my when I was in high school, I loved uh, Def Leppard and Salt and Pepper were my uh, two favorite albums, which pretty much explains everything about me <laughs> and my music taste. <laughs> Um, so I think uh, you'll fit right in. I think, I think we can fine. talk about some of that. All right, all right. Um, and um, yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna do that. Um, but before we do, we wanted to give a shout out. Uh, Dakar, are you gonna join us in some sh- happy shots? Absolutely, sure. Good. Let's do it. Um, so Drew from the internets, yes, rated us five stars. Very nice. Thank you, Drew. Thanks, Drew. Um, Drew he... is a, a a big fan and friend of ours. Um, we chat with him all the time on the internets. And as you know, we have this thing. If you if you rate us on on iTunes, mm-hmm. which please do, just go to iTunes. You can find the podcast and just rate us. We do shots. Yeah, we'll do. A there little, you go. A shot and you definitely you. want to hear shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now this time around, so I, I think last time I, I did a, a flavored whiskey, but this time we're gonna go with good old favorite Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye. Oh, right. no controversy around this one. No, nope. no, no, no. Well, you know, it's that season. Within about a month's time, we're gonna hear what the next best whiskey oh, in the world is. So we get to go through really? all that all over again. All over yes. again. I can't wait to oh. pay more for another bottle at the store, <laughs> <laughs> or not be able to get a handle on it. It's gonna be so cool. I love that Jamie has very realistic expectations. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> has nothing about the excitement of whether or not the whiskey will be good. It's just like, no. oh, crap. It's going to be hard to get. Hard to get and expensive. Thanks, and world. And it's going to be a big hoo-ha all over the internet again. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be great. I can't wait to see what, what uh, Jim Murray comes out with. I'm super excited. <laughs> so, right, Drew. Drew. Thank you so much. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. In case you can't tell, we're all in the same room actually today. And, and Drew also was confused as to whether or not Jamie and I are dating. And once again, for our audience, yes, he was. In the, oh in no, the, yeah. Drew! I know. No, I know. We're, we're both happily married. Um, no, no dating. No, no. no. to different people. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there should be a couple of podcasts, but that's not ours. Nope. Oh no. my gosh. No. There you go. Someone, that's an opportunity there. A whiskey couple. That's but right. But we are best friends on iMessage. If you look at our yeah. iMessage, yeah. we're, we're like For typically sure. number one yeah. on the list. So we, no, we talk a lot. That's right. Lot. Actually, I think one day we should turn over the podcast to Trent and Nicole. Yes. And have that them. Be, that would be kind of oh, hilarious. That's like the wife swap, husband swap reality <laughs> TV show equivalent of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> ah. That shot's awesome. that, Yes. Yeah. That delicious Northern Harvest Rye. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, if you are in Toronto, um, October 22nd, Whiskey Live is coming to Toronto. That's right. Um, Jamie's going to be working there, and I am going to be signing some books. There's going to be an author row, and I'm going to be there with Davin. Uh, there was a Canadian Whiskey book, and then I'm going to be there with Fred Minnick and, and a few other authors. So we're going to be, if you're in, in Whiskey Live in Toronto, yeah. uh, come on by. I'll sign some books. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, um, I will record you. You can have a mess, say a message to, yeah. to the audience. And, nice. You know, and we'll play it back. Excellent. As long as there's no autographs, yeah. selfies, autographs, selfies, shout outs, shots. Oh, where do you want? Yeah. Show up. Yeah, that's right. I'm wrong about everything I say today yeah. about music. Please do. 100%. I'll be so wrong. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, and I will also be there, but I will be behind the Jim Beam bar. So uh, come say hi there. Working with our friend, Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Yeah. He and Matt doing some flair. <laughs> Just kidding. I would, I, I would no, I would draw like I would drop a bottle and I'd be like, ooh, flare. And it would crash all over the floor and I'd be like, there it is, you guys, my big trick. <laughs> it's a different kind of flare. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt Jones uh, was on the what cover of Whiskey magazine, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, uh, he it's was, a great cover. A he great looks cover. great. Good yeah, for him. Is. Yeah. What a model i know oh my know. gosh he's gonna be so Moving up in the world he won't be returning phone calls anymore. i know i was gonna say we should be friends with him while we still can he's yeah, gonna forget all about us he's gonna forget about us he's gonna, oh, he's gonna be done i know oh my gosh um so we have a couple different whiskeys here to sort of like bridge our conversation into music yeah. and whiskey yeah, we do. Um, shall we start with the first one? I guess I'll. Uh, yeah, let's do this. Let's let's crack this bottle. So this yeah. is going to be the newest, I would say, of the offerings. Um, it is yes. Canadian born. Yes, Canadian yes. born. Uh, Drake created a whiskey called Virginia Black. Yes. And as Jamie pointed out, what, is, what does it say on the back of the bottle? It actually Jamie? says not from Virginia. Like it specifically says not <laughs> from Virginia. It also says American whiskey. American whiskey, not from Virginia. Yeah. No so, self, you no, know, you know, mis, uh, misadvertising here. Nope. He knows. Yeah. And Jamie, how would you describe this bottle? Okay. As I open it up. Okay. Here? So like if... Uh, like a fancy Wall Street lawyer from the 1990s had like a liquor cabinet in his office. This would be the bottle in the middle of the in the middle of his bar. Like it's, a decanter, over it, like almost. It's like, like yeah, it's super Art Decoy, like 90s style. It's 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 like Boz Lerman, Great Gatsby. Yes. Yeah, it's super fascinating. I I mean I it's it's not like um I wouldn't call it sleek i wouldn't call it um like polished like it, it's got kind of a cheap looking gold lid and it, it's it's really really interesting it's not uh it just doesn't look very modern but i, I mean that's maybe that's not the thing maybe it's supposed to look retro and, and maybe more like a perfume bottle like an yeah. extended like someone had stretched it lengthwise yeah yeah, um, I did. Uh, Mark, I think, just posted a picture of it to his Instagram stories, and I just I posted. Well, you're not going to see that now because it's going to be gone. Yeah, yes. gone. But yeah. if you did see it, then we um, then shout we have out something to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I posted a picture on my Twitter, so yeah, and I'm sure you've seen it because it's uh, it's Drake, and he gets around. So I'm sure you've seen a picture of this bottle on social media. Of course, as always, when we uh, record on location, there will be the dogs, the pitter-patter, the barking, They're you know, so things like cute. that. Um, this is, I would say, so Drake is, I've no, I haven't always been a Drake fan, I, but either which way, I like, I don't, um, the one thing I love about Drake is he's in Toronto, he's from Toronto, he hasn't moved away to Los Angeles and 
and, and everything Toronto. else. He loves Toronto. He's very much involved with the Raptors. Um, when I was in July, it was the whole month of July in the U.S., every friggin' radio station just kept playing Drake over mm-hmm. and over and over again. That's all I have to say. I'm going to pass it off to Mike. The as man I, uh, is a global phenomenon. I think one of the interesting points, though, you said is Drake is definitely known to be very pro-Toronto. I think it was a bit of a curious choice to go with uh, American-made whiskey. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, I don't, I don't know so what to not say like that. We don't have a few distillers. We even have some distillers based in the city limits. Yeah. Well, look how dark this whiskey is. I, I mean, it's it's super dark. I don't even so, think it's that old, is it? Oh, it can't uh, be. It can't be. So I wait, is this like a bottle a is on a gradient? Okay, good. So the... the, the it's yeah, a the heavy bottom bottle. kind of looks it. black. Black. And yeah. the top kind of looks like a super dark whiskey. Yeah. Look, guys, the um, bottle... Isn't perfectly straight, it wobbles. Oh my gosh. Uh-oh. We have the bottle flat here, and if you poke it, it just it wobbles. Whoa. Does it? Is, is, or is it the desk? Should oh. we put another bottle in the look, desk? See, look, everywhere it's wobbling. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, it's quality quite, control. It's quite sweet on the nose. Oh, like yeah. sugar, sugar, sugar. Get a bit of egg salad. Is that an okay thing? Egg salad on eggs. the nose? It's kind of like, 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 like a little bit sulfury, raunchy, raunchy on the yeah. nose. What did you just eat? Um, <laughs> and empanada. You ate some empanada. Empanada is <laughs> There was some egg in there, so yes. you never know. Maybe it's a contamination. Um, I'm getting just like all this like sugar. Yeah, brown sugar. Brown sugar. Yeah. Shiny. I can't get. I can't get around it. It is. It is actually surprisingly kind of closed though. Like I would. Mm. I would have expected mm-hmm. it to be a bit more, but it's very singular. I mm-hmm. think you're right in that sweet profile. Yeah. Now it is American whiskey, so we should we should say that if it's labeled American whiskey, that means mm-hmm. uh, it's not like a bourbon or a straight rye. That means this is aged in oak for a little while. They could have had flavoring to this. Mm-hmm. They could have added like tea, peach juice, rye flavoring. They could have really added anything to this. Right. Um, and they may have. And, and it, it is yeah. so dark. I mean, this it is- It is incredibly dark. Is inc- I, so this is the first time we're all tasting it, so yeah. we have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but on the nose, it's just kind of like, you're right, it's a quiet kind of tight nose, which freshly open bottle, that may be not that unusual, maybe it'll open up Correct. a little bit. Uh, but it's, uh, it's really dark. I'm, if you put this in front of me in a blind tasting, I might call this a Canadian whiskey. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I could it's, see that. Yeah, I might. I, I'm okay. So okay, are we gonna try it now? Brown, brown sugar, yeah. Or rye yeah, brown sugar, rye yeah, maple, yeah. sort of like. Okay, let's try it. It's not well, terrible. I mean, but it's not exactly. I don't think anyone's should be anyone's favorite whiskey. It's actually like it's surprisingly viscous at first, like in like a mouth coating, oily way. Mm-hmm. It is. But it's also kind of very hollow at the same time. Mm. Yeah, it's it's like a, there's not a lot of like oomph and substance and like fleshiness around it, which I kind of find a little strange. It's like a donut whiskey. There's a hole. Yeah, it's it's a very flat on flavor. Yeah. Um, there's kind of that that I guess rye or oak spice. There's just kind of like yeah. it's kind of like flattened, but it's almost but, more like a it's more like a like like soda pop. It's almost like a kind of soda pop like flat Coke sort of. Oh, so yeah. like Coke syrup. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's funny. I'm not getting any grain. No. At all. I'm not getting any. Like I couldn't tell you if this was made from corn, rye. I couldn't tell you because I'm just on the like. Usually you get like a little bit of that yeah. graininess. Mm-hmm. At, like which is. Which adds like a little bit of freshness almost to the whiskey, but this one I just find to be like super cloying. I, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna yeah. grab some uh, rocks glasses and have this on ice and see how. Oh, see okay. I think that's a good mix-up. Mm-hmm. Change mm-hmm. up here. 
Wow. Yeah, like, okay. where, where do we see people like drinking this? I'm assuming like the big gold kind of distinct, almost like it's kind of like an elongated emerald kind of shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, with that gold top and there's like a big, I guess, diamond in the middle with, you know, mm-hmm. the VB logo. This is kind of like one of those things. I'm assuming this is designed for bottle service. Yeah, which is really interesting. And I think there's a lot about um, what's happening right now in maybe spirits. And because so for Mm -hmm. celebrity spirits, at least for a long time, like bottle service is dominated by like vodkas that were like you have like Chopin, you have vodkas that are. Yeah, what's um, what's Jay-Z has one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, We should probably know this. But we yeah. don't. Off the top um, of our heads, we've forgotten. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, thank you. Wow, Mark is putting whiskey on ice. I think this is a, a significant moment. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I'm, I, I'm. Thank you. Because whiskey is so trendy right now, I'm wondering if he's, if Drake, in doing this, has decided that he does want to be the one to introduce whiskey to a bottle service crowd, um, yeah. and he's going to do it in a way that's a little more approachable with something that's slightly sweeter um, because the the sort of boldness of whiskey might not translate to most people, especially if you're out. It's 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 40% ABV, so it's not overproof. Yeah. Um, it's very sweet and uh, probably appealing to people who maybe don't drink a lot of whiskey. I think it's also designed for mixers, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a Johnny Walker platinum. The whole, if you look at the Johnny Walker line, they added in the platinum and the gold. Right. Um, The whole goal with both both of those, but especially, I believe, the platinum is just for bottle servers. Uh, You know, Mm, that's the whole idea. You serve it on ice. You get the bottle on ice, and it's intended for that uh, for that purpose. Um, so yeah, we're gonna try it on ice to see if that makes it any yeah. different. Um, but certainly, I think as a mixer, the the flavor would come through really strongly for you know Coke. But it is missing that rye. I mean, I guess if you were looking at like it is a missing rye, that grain, that rye, that that grain, yeah, that you depth. identified it perfectly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess with Coke, it'd be like sweet on sweet. Mm-hmm. Would that be a bad thing? I don't know. I guess it depends how you like your rye and Coke. Do yeah. you just want an alcoholic coke right. or do you want something that's contrasting a bit mm-hmm. like that rye spice mm-hmm. yeah. adding something to the mix so you, c- you could uh draw a comparison between like rum and and coke as Correct. well yeah. and like that again super kind of sweet, sweet and sort sweet. of you sweet on it. sweet and so if someone likes rum and coke then this is a is a great whiskey for them to have. Absolutely, it, it's doing a lot with ice. It's not doing anything necessarily pleasant, but it's kind of extending those those flavors we mm, talked yeah. about. Um, what's the price point on this? I think it was like forty dollars. Forty dollars Canadian. So my guess is MGP bourbon with some flavoring. So who the hell knows what's on this? Is there any other hint? It is decadent American whiskey. It is. I mean, decadent is actually uh, the right description. It's sure. very like desserty, oh. sweet. Lawrenceburg, Indiana, MGP. Uh, MGP. So as we, as no we know, we've talked about the po- uh, podcast before. MGP does many of the rye and bourbons for uh, non-distiller producers, uh, including Bullet Rye is done there. Um, so if you yeah. hear of a rye, it's probably done there. This this. Tastes more like their bourbon mash, but it's really yeah, hard to tell. I was, I, you know, it wouldn't be surprising, like price point wise. Obviously, a corn, corn. product over a, yeah. a rye product yeah. is going to be cheaper and yeah. give you more margin. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's a likely Probably corn. Yeah. You know, comparison. Yeah. 
I'm assuming it's going to be super young age too. Yeah. Because yeah. there's really no reason. No. Yeah, there's no reason to go anywhere. And if and you can no. add flavoring to it, you can yeah. make it as dark as you want. And it's not like we're getting like some of that oak extraction where on a like a longer age whiskey, like despite the color. Yeah. It's not like we're getting some of those wood tannins and mm-hmm. nope. other flavor extraction. So again, nothing. I'm not really getting oak off of this either. No, no. no. which is weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. There you go. Interesting. Yeah, wow. I'm glad up. that, thank you for bringing this mic. Yeah, Cause no it's worries. a, it's a, it's sort of, uh, it's really interesting. There's been a lot of, um, and, and we're talking about this a little bit, um, I mean, we've been talking about this, doing this show for a little while. Absolutely. Um, because there's a lot of, um, oh, now I forget who it is. There's another, and I remember seeing this on the internet a little while ago. There's an Irish band that has a whiskey that just came out. And it seems as though whiskey has been um, this, like, foray for, like, a lot of, mm-hmm. like, I guess, like, rock bands like it's been sort of associated with like rock and this is a really interesting change to have a whiskey brand come out for someone who's like a rap artist yeah i you know from a standpoint pogues yes it was the The pogues thanks google (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i think the wonderful thing here is um you know obviously bringing whiskey to a bigger and bigger audience is always great drake is such a huge name um and I would say compared to some something like uh, flavored whiskey with honey or cinnamon, right. um, I'm certainly this is a ha- way better happier point. to have them at, mm-hmm. at a, have that audience at a at this starting point where it's oh it's actually a spirit it's not a right you yeah. know it's not some, yeah there's actual whiskey kind of definable flavors and yeah. not so much whatever the additive. Do so you guys you, get dill, do you guys get dill, dill pickle on it? Because I'm starting to get the dill now that the ice is kind of oh there. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. dill, dill pickle, yeah. MGP, um, is very famous. Their ryes generally have dill pickle. If you look at um, George Dickel, uh, rye, bullet rye, all those mm-hmm. dist- all those are made at MGP, the same distillery that, that Virginia Black is made at. And the rye notes typically come in a little bit of dill. So like for me, if you... If yeah. you know if you knows dill, then it's probably an MGP product, right. or certainly more rye notey. Mm-hmm. Um, though not necess- it's not necessarily rye note, but it, it, it comes from that distillery, and right. they make a lot of ryes. Yeah, so there wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if there's a little bit of that in the mix. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So what do we think, like, Drake is, like, trying to achieve with this? Like, I would say kind of one of the interesting aspects of musically to talk a little bit about what he's done musically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is definitely not the first time you've heard this or entirely my theory. But if you notice what Drake's done the past few years, his one of his bigger contributions is kind of fusing the world of rap and R&B together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and almost pushing the traditional R&B market out. Like you used to have R&B and stuff kind of coexist for a little while where, you know, let, okay, let's go back a little bit to what rap was. Yeah. Like, like back in the 80s with, you know, a lot of like early rap, you know, you've got your rhymes over top, but a lot of that was influenced by house and disco beats. Yeah. And then that sort of, that evolved and changed over time. And so it kind of got, you know, a little bit grittier, urban. People were making a little bit more of their own beats, um, you know, started to reflect. You've got like gangster culture in there with gangster rap, West Coast rap, 
you know, you've got Puff Daddy at some point getting a little bit more commercial. So things started to kind of get pop in that world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, R&B was kind of its own separate thing. You had like soul and gospel influences. And for a little while, the two kind of met where you'd have like that guest singer, like Mm -hmm. do Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. R&B verse. Mm -hmm. And then Drake was like, I can do this too, right? You know, there was that whole like Kanye West doing that auto-tune thing Mm -hmm. that got like really popular, like 808 and the Heartbreaks. And that was hugely influential. And then he just kind of squeezed out that that R&B singer. And so I wonder if he's trying to disrupt the whiskey world in the same Mm. way he's kind of disrupted the pop R&B rap world. Mm-hmm. He 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 does. I, I mean, it's I'm seeing hearing more songs that are more like the the boyfriend songs, right? Like the, the Drake does boyfriend songs essentially. The popular <laughs> yes. ones. They're yeah. like, "Oh, you know, I used to like you, you used to like me, blah blah blah." Right. Blah. Um, which was different. And there's problems. I know. See, this is this is all my musical knowledge. That's no, all I, have. I like yeah. it. That's I, all like I, have. it. Uh, I like it. I like it. Boyfriend songs. Um, and um, and so I'm, there are more the you know. There's very much relationshipy based stuff. Like yes. Drake is. He's, it's not he's, DMX, is what I'm saying. No, no, no. no. I mean, he's he's no. not. I mean, he didn't really come from a hard life, so it doesn't make sense for yeah, him to be... He grew up in be, Forest Hill. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make sense for him to be, you know, rapping and spitting bars about, you know, growing up in a hood, because he didn't. Yeah, I mean, so, he's... Uh, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a drug dealer, you know, having to scrape by uh, and, and getting Canadian, shot. I think, you know, <laughs> right. I think Canadians kind of like making fun of Drake a little bit because of that. Uh, when you know, Absolutely. when we say start from the bottom, uh, now we're here. He he didn't really. He lived in a very expensive house in a mansion in a very rich yeah. part of Toronto. Um, he was an actor on Degrassi High. Correct. Wheelchair played, Jimmy. Wheelchair yeah. Jimmy, where yeah. he played a rapper. Yeah, that that was his like wheelchair Jimmy. That was his rapping persona. I mean, uh, yes, uh, and so in the later years, and the story goes, uh, what little. Uh, I was the rapper. He he got uh, drug drug charges against him. Little Wayne. Oh yeah, he was working with Little Wayne because yeah, that's the Young Money label that yeah. he's, he's Little under. Wayne had drug charges and needed a replacement, and they're like, "Well, Drake, perfect." And they just kind of boom, and that's how his and career he took started. the opportunity and yeah, his original not stuff looked back. Well, no, and his original stuff was very much I'm a rich kid, life is tough, sure. and then he's that wasn't working, right? And then he went into now he went more into kind of like melded in with the like you said rap. Persona, right? Um, but really, yeah. a very like you know rich, well off, uh, well off kid. Uh, but also like loves Toronto, loves right. what he's yeah. doing, and just has an yeah. And social media it's, definitely there's a, a big, restaurant yeah. in Toronto. Big Toronto, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other interesting thing that I think he does really well is he has a really good team working with him, and they tend to like pick out what could possibly be big next. Yeah. And he sort of like pulls him into his circle. Mm-hmm. So like he kind of like did that while with that uh, record he did was it a couple years ago with Future, I want to say. So someone who could possibly he sees as you know taking his crown mm-hmm. and is you know going to challenge him next, he kind of befriends this person mm-hmm. in almost like a Taylor Swiftian kind of way. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. oh. <laughs> and then just kind yeah. of brings him in together into his circle, and then he can say. I brought you to the floor. I kind of discovered you. And it kind of like gives them a little bit more like street kid, forward thinking, ear on the ground kind of way. 
So that's another thing that I think he does really well. And it makes sense I'm not the biggest fan, but I think he's done some really great stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, in completely disrupting the R&B rap scene. It makes sense then that he would put out a whiskey and not a vodka like everybody else and not do the same thing that other people are doing. Like, he would put out a whiskey. There is, like... People like there are rums out there. There are vodkas out there. There's, but I, I mean, like you know, who who else has put out a like a whiskey North America? Right. Like there hasn't been like musicians. I can't see like obviously like cognac is big also in in rap hip hop culture, but you know again these are all kind of like foreign products mostly. I mean vodka is pretty American now, Mm -hmm. but I mean it still has that connotation of you know, Eastern Europe and Russia and that kind of allure. Right. Obviously, cognac, all French. But whiskey is really... I mean, there's scotch, obviously, mm-hmm. is a big brand. But whiskey is very much an American kind of drink. Yeah. Especially, well, bourbon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to have something mm-hmm. and call it Virginia Black, mm-hmm. you know, pulling in the South, where is the heartland? That's not exactly the heartland of American whiskey, but it is in the South where yeah. the most of the yep. whiskey is made. So it does make sense to to pull that in. For sure. And I'm sure he's smart enough to be following the trends. And whiskey has been on a yeah. rise for, for quite a while. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Wayne Gretzky, not a music, but Wayne Gretzky just released a whiskey in Toronto yeah. Correct. Uh, as well. Um, um, it's actually Canadian whiskey, which is, a ni- which is nice. Um, Absolutely. Flavor-wise, it's probably on point to, to, to what we're having today, though it's more authentic. I would say there's less uh, flavoring in it, but still, either which right. way, like this is definitely uh, an interesting, um, an interesting gear to get into, and um, certainly wonderful. I mean, the bottle's great. I think it's a wonderful bottle, and uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of Drake's. Um, wasn't necessarily early on. Changed my mind. What can you do? There you go. <laughs> Um, so I just passed around, and Mark, I think you have one yes. already as well. The the Another next drink, yeah, I mean, yeah. Why don't you introduce this so one, Jamie? So I'm I'm because I'm such a I'm a big Sinatra fan. This this is this is exciting for me. So we have Jack Daniels Sinatra Select um, is the other one. This is actually the most expensive bottle I've ever bought. Yeah, it's like um, three hundred dollars, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not exactly proud of that, but it was a gift. Um, it does come in some nice packaging. And it's a liter, actually. Oh, so there you yeah, go. Value. Yeah, value. And it's got... Uh, 45% alcohol. It's got, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's got um, a little book, a little booklet that it comes with. Anyway, so the significance of the Sinatra Select uh, is that uh, Frank Sinatra was a huge Jack Daniels fan. Absolutely. He was. And the thing that was really interesting um, is in, in Jack Daniels, like if you go into any of their master classes or presentations, they do talk about Frank Sinatra a lot. And it was, you know, he always had a bottle with him on stage. And his whole thing was he always liked to crack. This would go against everything that you that you think right, is right, right. Which is that he always liked to open a fresh bottle. Like his favorite thing was like cracking, a- opening a new bottle. So all of like he would basically have like eight bottles, but he would just crack a new one every time he wanted a new, a new drink. drink. Interesting. So, I bet you the banana notes were very quiet yeah. on that yep. first crack. It's the banana notes that could start to come out later on. <laughs> yeah. Some time to breathe. I, there I think you he's, go. I think he's, I think he's, he's on to something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was his whole thing. Um, and the thing that I think has sort of followed through with the, uh, the, the whole lore of Jack Daniels and Frank Sinatra is Sinatra, there wasn't, there wasn't a star like, like 
before him in that sort of capacity. Frank Sinatra was the first of his kind in terms of popularity. Like he had uh, teenage girls when he was younger going nuts for him. Um, and he continued through popularity. And he was uh, in movies and he was, um, you know, sort of incredibly culturally significant as the one who like kickstarted basically like the teenage fandom sort of thing. Um, and known as kind of like a, a badass. Uh, he oh, had, you know, ties to the mob and like there's all this stuff. So basically sort of having and he having Jack Daniels and Frank Sinatra be so closely tied, I think uh, helped um, that lore that continued into rock music and like having Slash with his like, um, he actually wrote an article for Rolling Stone magazine, magazine about um, uh, knowing that he made it when he could request like a, a bottle of Jack Daniels yeah. uh, in his in his rider, and he always you know sort of saw rock stars as the one who had like a bottle of Jack Daniels on the on the like the amp on stage, and so um, yeah, it, I think it just it started with Frank and um, continued that that sort of yeah. like I'm the badass like. Frank was as big as you can get, and once you know you that's that's a drink that he drank. Sure. So like it just sort of continued and followed through, and it, it still kind of continues as the as that sort of hard drinking like it's yeah. got this sort of thing behind it. Uh, so yeah, so that's what we're drinking. We're drinking yes. the Sinatra Select. Um, it's Jack Daniels in a special Sinatra barrel, where they've uh, like basically they've like opened up. They the saves, yeah. They played like large, like yeah. the whole Sinatra collection. <laughs> yeah. My way, over and over again, yeah. Well, they like carved yeah. like uh, yeah, they, ridges. Yeah, they nice. carved ridges, so gotcha. they they opened up the oakiness to it. So gotcha. that's, more extraction. That's right. Yes, more wood extraction. Created, exactly. created a bigger surface area. There you go. That yeah. makes sense. Though, no, you made a lot of great points about Frank. He was, I mean, for the younger kids in the audience, I, he was kind of like. Justin Bieber. He kind of like started that. He had that like appeal and like girls would go wild wow. for him. And he definitely had that at first, but he started to kind of like grow up. Mm -hmm. He was like one of the first people down in Vegas and made Vegas a cool Vegas, place yeah. when it was literally just a strip of desert and, you mm -hmm. know, not a whole lot of fun other than just being completely lawless. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so. You know, he sort of developed a reputation of being like a crooner and a ladies' man and a a badass, mm -hmm. you know, as time kind of moved on. Like so, the coolest yeah. guy ever. Absolutely. And so and he still has that reputation. And still yeah, exactly. And so it's it is one of those things that, you know, when you have and he wasn't shy about his love of Jack Daniels yeah. and it was uh, there's I mean, pictures and pictures and pictures of him with Jack Daniels. Yeah. Bottles. Like, you can't pay for that kind of advertising no. nowadays. Oh, my well, it God. It was authentic, That's too, thing, when you think right? about it. Like, it's not, I'm sure after a while they were would happily give him bottles, but it's not like someone slipped him a check mm. and say, would you like to, you know, represent our brand? Yeah. And there was a whole bunch of lawyers and negotiations before, 
like how a lot of product placement and things work now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't we hear that they they Jack Daniels just sent an ambassador with him, and he just his job was to just have Jack Daniels wherever Sinatra was. There I was mean, Jack Daniels. There you go. You know, uh, but you're right. I mean, you have one we job. We talked up a couple of yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great job. Great job. Um, yeah. I don't know. Frank wasn't very nice, so I'm not sure yeah. <laughs> if you screwed it up even a little bit, you'd probably hear about it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, nice especially guy. if it was a little bit later in the evening yeah. and he had drunk his fair share yeah. or he cracked open mm-hmm. about a dozen bottles mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah he could you could maybe take them off yeah yeah I think so yeah oh, wonderful nose beautiful yeah. beautiful yeah. nose it's a bourbony nose there's yeah. uh, you know we always we kind of make fun of Jack Daniels for having a banana yeah. uh, nose to it I'm, I'm getting the kind of the burnt sugar um, yeah. you know those kind of notes but it, it doesn't the banana's not coming out I've got a cold so I don't know maybe maybe I'm wrong uh, but, it's but it's, it's, it's muted it's way kind of muted there, but yeah. it's kind of like more like bananas like fosters in mm-hmm. a way right. where it's the like under caramel like yeah. caramelized yeah. kind of banana sure. instead of that like fake banana, like yeah. runts candy yeah. or something, Punch or, you in the or face penicillin. Yes, yes, banana yes. penicillin. That's oh. real. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, and the ABV on this one, it's uh, it's forty five percent. Yeah. So and you it's can definitely tell. a little bit more volatile in that yeah. sense when we're comparing it to the Virginia Black, but yeah. not overly so. Getting some like nuttiness on the palate, kind mm-hmm. of like it's oh, not yeah. over oaked. It's just surprising. Peanuts, I thought it would yeah. be, but it's just like peanuts, 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 peanut, peanut. Um, yeah. But nice, nice viscosity. But yeah. like beer nuts. Yeah, well, I like that beer nuts. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's got that caramelly thing yeah. to it. Yeah, kind of like roasted peanuts. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna oh, say man, I'm, I'm glad this we right had now. this after this that. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like okay. Yeah, for sure. That was a good choice, you guys. Opening this Absolutely one first. Absolutely smart choice. Yeah, but, and again, like, it's sort of, it speaks to, so sort of going back to the pop culture uh, of Aspect of Jack, yeah, Jack Daniels. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's ingrained in sort of... In rock music. In rock music. Like it's, Absolutely. Yeah, like you... you well, you were talking, like, Mark, you said one of your, like, 80s hair metal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like Motley Crue, yeah. all of the group. Who else was in big into that? Like Keith Richards is, I think, a big right, mm-hmm. right, right, a big JD yeah. guy. Yeah, Slash. Well, also, there, there's no coincidence well, yeah, that like, yeah. like you uh, said Slash. So that era 80s, for sure. Jack Daniels was big, exactly with the rock Absolutely. bands. Yeah. Uh, whiskey started becoming big. You look at yeah. like uh, Jim Beam started releasing the single barrels, like. Buffalo Trace Star Reason Blanton's. Like, there's a lot of products that today we fawn over that were released in the 80s. Yep. Um, and that's kind of amazing. And to think that Jack Daniels might have started it all, uh, mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra with Jack Daniels combined mm-hmm. might have started it all. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting. It sort of, it hadn't, it doesn't really waver. Like, like consistently, rock music and like whiskey have been very sort of like intertwined. Absolutely. Like, it's, um, it, it, it never really made a shift to anything else. It was never like, oh, well, now rock musicians are really into vodka. Like, it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something no. about that Yeah, whiskey. there's some people who have, like, more of a... Like, I guess Sammy Hagar does that whole tequila thing. Right, yes, yes. But yes. I think it's because he spends a lot of time in Mexico. Right, so right. he developed that kind of, like, love later. Right. So, but yeah, I would say... And Jack Daniels still has that cachet. Yeah, Which is 100%. kind of amazing, because... We're kind of in an era where we've almost seen the death of traditional guitar-based music and, and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. There's almost like we're coming up with like a generation of kids who are probably in their teens now, maybe late teens, early 20s, 
that have grown up and almost never really heard guitar-based music in the mainstream. That's a right. great point, yeah. So wow, yeah. what I'm wondering is where does what is Jack Daniels maybe doing behind the scenes if they want to kind of continue this mm. this growth and this association with the with the coolness of surrounding yourself with popular bass music. I mean, rock was obviously arguably through that hair metal era and I guess even into grunge, I would say kind of and and Brit rock depending upon what side of the spectrum you were more of a fan of Brit rock forever. Um, <laughs> you know, that's kind of after that, it sort of dropped off, I would say. And, yeah. you know, hip hop kind of ascended. It was quietly behind the scenes, but it ascended to be more of the, the mainstream. And then, you know, EDM has kind of come up in the last little while. And again, that was kind of behind the scenes, but we're kind of in an era. So is Jack Daniels kind of reaching out to rap culture? I mean, mm. it still has the popular cachet. I think there's... Was it Harvard Medical School or something? Did like John Hopkins did a study through like the Billboard charts? Uh huh. I would say it might have been a few years ago, but they kind of went through like the Billboard 100 and picked out alcohol brands that were referenced. And JD was still oh, wow. amongst like, top brands. Sure. Like it was in the top four. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And definitely the only whiskey brand there. Yeah. yeah. So it still endures. The question is, Will it continue to endure? I don't know. I don't have that answer. Yeah. It's also important to have like, like affordable brands, right? Because I I feel like like Jay Z consistently brought out like stuff that costs a lot of money. Right. And that's a the crystal. Well, no. Well, yeah. He was first a very big crystal fan, and then one of the brand ambassadors or something at crystal made a bit of a disparaging comment that he did not want to be associated with hip-hop culture and I was kind of devaluing oh, no. the brand. How could you not and want to be associated with Jay-Z? I he mean, basically bought that that Ace of Spades brand. Yeah. Um, oh, right, right, You know, right, you'll yeah. notice it for that, you know, very much like this Virginia yeah. Black, there's like a gold, you yeah. know, spade symbol on yeah. it. It's like Armand Bernac or something is the actual name of the champagne house. But yeah, I think he, I don't know whether he purchased a controlling share or something like that. But he's definitely been associated with that kind of ever since. And he's got that vodka brand as well. So. So interesting. Because there's, there's this like, you know, high low thing yeah. that sort of happens, right? Like you have the, um, like, yeah, the, I, I, I'm just thinking about like country music now. And like, right. you know, um, sort of that whole idea of like, um, I don't know, like whiskey and like broken hearts and like pickup trucks. Oh gosh, yes. I mean, (laughs) we we can get into a big discussion about this. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And JD is actually a really, that's a good point. In country music, JD is, whiskey is referenced a lot in country music. Yeah. A lot, a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, But JD, I would say, is probably by brand name referenced the most for sure yeah the absolute most and it's done been done for a while from like you know old timeies i i know nothing about country music i i, did, I actually I did don't a know a lot that, about that country listen music to country either. music in high school and okay I was, one of the reasons why we broke up was because her family kept listening to country music so oh man you got it you got to listen to more country music now well you've shared some songs that i've enjoyed 
Yes. Yes. They're, Mike DeCaro, uh, if you're if you happen to be Facebook friends with him every year, well, one year, he did a top ten list of. It'll happen this year too. Uh, it took him about four <laughs> months. I think the list finally came out in March. But anyway, it was a great list. There were some country songs on that. There was definitely a lot of great country yeah. music. Do you want to get into the big discussion about country music and whiskey? Please do. Yeah, I don't know yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, because I get like I don't know a whole lot about like country music, but I, I did ask my friend who's a songwriter, um, yeah. about uh, whiskey, why it's so appealing to songwriters, right? Uh, and he sort of wrote that there's a, a actually a, to quote an undeniable attraction to poetic words that are joined somehow as with the W's and women in whiskey. So specifically mm. talking about whiskey and women, two of the great temptations, passions, rewards, vices, pleasures in man's history. Um, so again, like the actual like songwriting piece, like just using the word whiskey in a song mm-hmm. um, right. is like the word itself is rather poetic and nice. Ri- so yeah. I think that's kind of like an interesting sort of like jumping off point mm. to go into country music, yeah. which Mike knows way more than I do about. Okay, so I guess like it comes from there's like a natural association with I would say Jack Daniels, but also bourbon mm-hmm. to a lot of country music, and that's because geographically they kind of come from the same place. A lot of country music is based out of Tennessee. A lot of singers come from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville, obviously, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is the big country music town, big production out of there. And so obviously JD being the mm-hmm. most popular Tennessee whiskey. I mean, there's Dickel too, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of a distant second in terms of popularity to JD. So it kind of makes sense for a little hometown pride mm-hmm. um, to be referencing that. But you know, it goes back from like, Merle Haggard to Jones to, you know, everything. And it continues throughout history now. So it's an interesting one. Actually, what I kind of really want to talk about, though, a little bit with women and country music um, and whiskey and JD is actually I want to talk a little bit about Miranda Lambert. Oh, did she not just release an album like today? I don't think it's today that comes out, but I think it comes out in like November. Oh, okay. So recently, um, so for people who don't know who Miranda Lambert is, Miranda Lambert is probably, she kind of waffles between the most popular and the second most popular, I would say, female artist of the last almost 10 years now in country music. Uh, The other one would be Carrie Underwood and Carrie Underwood of whatever season of American Idol fame that was. Season two? Was it season two? I feel like two? it was early, early I think on. it was I pretty like early. It was, early it was definitely like low single digits. Yeah. Whether it was two or not. Yeah. yeah someone will fact check us on that one. Yeah, for sure. Just and tweet us. so Miranda Lambert's <laughs> from Texas, but she kind of comes with a little bit more of like an edge, whereas Carrie Underwood kind of represents a little bit more of like the She's, spiritual kind yeah. of... Like one of her most famous songs is that Jesus, Jesus takes, takes the, the wheel. wheel. <laughs> so you, she comes from kind of more she's of got that like side of big country. Blonde hair, like yeah. sequins, like she's like yeah. But Miranda Lambert has a little bit more of an edge. Why you might know about Miranda Lambert right now is Miranda Lambert used to be married to another country music singer. His name mm-hmm. is Blake Shelton. 
You might know Blake Shelton from The Voice. I'm just shaking my head this entire time. Or you might know Blake Shelton because... He's with Gwen Stefani right now? Oh, There we go. See, now you know. Okay. So there's been like, ever since they've broken up in country music, it's been, it's kind of spread out to the bigger pop entertainment world because of, you know, his fame and kind of pulling in Gwen Stefani in the other world. But there's been kind of, no one knows exactly what happened. There's been kind of allegations on both sides of who cheated. And you just kind of referenced that she just kind of came out a little bit a while. Marina Lambert's been a little bit quiet, Uh. but she just came out with a song, I guess, earlier in the year. And I guess the video is like maybe about two, three weeks old. The song's called Vice. Oh. And it basically, the video is really interesting because she basically comes out of like a flipped over Cadillac that's all kind of like crashed up. Oh. And then she just kind of, the whole song is kind of really ambiguous about like her being a vice oh. or going and not being, or not being able to control going after a vice. Mm-hmm. And actually one of the choruses is definitely about Jack Daniels. And the reason why I say it, it kind of goes like um, all dressed up in a pretty black label sitting on my dining room table. Mm. And it's like salvation waiting for me um, where the numb meets the lonely. And then it's gone before it ever melts the ice. And then it goes into the chorus again. So right. another vice. Mike, Mike had that memorized. There's so in front pretty, of me pretty close. Um, you know, I'm sure I mixed it up a bit and not quite as poetically as she and her co-writers kind of put it, which are <laughs> Shane McAnally and Josh Osborne. We'll get a little bit more into co-writing country music. But yeah, it, it's one of, one of those things. And the reason why I say it's Jack Daniels, one, Black Label, but she's also done a song called like Jack Daniels. Uh-huh. So that seems to be her kind of choice there. So I'm actually, despite all this, not really a Miranda Lambert fan. The way I actually got into country music was... Uh, last year, believe it or not, um, one of her best friends is Ashley Monroe, who's from Tennessee. Um, and they're just really good friends, and they have a group together with Angelina Presley called the Pistol Annies. And I, I like the Pistol Annie stuff, but I never really liked the Miranda Lambert stuff until this song. I'm actually really excited about the album huh. and kind of the more edge. But it also helps, again, like I said, the co-writers. So the way country music works is they always have Uh co-writers, at least now. So like people get in together in a room and then you just book appointments and then they kind of like someone comes in with like a verse or something. Right. And so they kind of do that kind of thing. So she got together with um, Shane McAnally, who you might know if you follow country music because he's... One of the big behind-the-scenes songwriters who does a lot. Um, Casey Musgraves, he's a big collaborator with her, mm-hmm. who I'm... That's my country... More of my country music. That's her So, game. yeah, and Josh Osborne is also, you know, one of those behind-the-scenes guys. And the interesting stuff is they're, I think, great collaborators with women, which is sort of interesting. That's actually what's really interesting to me in country music right now, there's a lot of great women. There's like uh, Margot Price put out an album there. She works on the kind of Jack White's label. 
Third Man Records. Um, out of there, she had a song on this last album. The album's called Midwestern Farmer's Daughter. It's kind of more like traditional, almost a little bit bluegrassy. And yeah, there's a song called Evan Williams on there. Nice. Um, so, you know, different bourbon country this time, another competing brand. But yeah, that's kind of been interesting. So like she's sort of come up. I think Casey Musgraves is a really progressive voice. Uh, another one of my favorites, Brandy Clark. Um, who kind of writes songs a little bit. She's more of in a traditional vein. I would say not quite as traditional as Ashley Monroe, mm-hmm. where she's got like that Dolly Parton kind of like twang because she's from like the Smoky Mountains area of Tennessee too. I guess everyone maybe emulates Dolly because she's like a bit of a, you know, she's a legendary figure. Yeah. Right, for sure. Why wouldn't you? I love Dolly Parton. Absolutely. Guys, I've been to Dollywood. Oh, boy. I really? Should. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I had no Pigeon idea. Forge, Tennessee. Yes, I have been to Dollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. But we have Brandy Clark kind of pulls in. She does a little few whiskey references, too, mm-hmm. in her stuff. But the really interesting part to me about Brandy Clark is she writes from a point of view of people who you wouldn't normally hear songs about. It's not like parties and beaches and flip-flops. It's more like this single mom who works like three or four jobs and, you know, like has a whole bunch of kids to take care of. And she kind of like tells their story in like really interesting, like three, three and a half minute kind of song bites and just kind of like maps out a whole story. And then, you know, you'll be you'll be a little weepy eyed by the time it's kind of Mm. done. If you have a heart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, some of us are more cynical than others, but it's, it's yeah, interesting. It's kind of interesting though to sort of see that. But yeah, the other aspect of country is total. It's like parties and flip flops and yeah. like I feel that's a little bit more of a beer culture, and it seems to be yeah. the past little while is more male dominated. Right. The one exception is probably Chris Stapleton, who like cleaned up in the country music awards like last year and. I think he won the Grammy last year for Best Country Album too. He's a Justin Timberlake is a huge fan, <laughs> but he sort of like has one of these. I would describe it as like a whiskey kind of like soaked voice. Yeah, there's like a soulful, mm. deep timbre to his voice, and so that's kind of really popular. And he did a cover of Tennessee Whiskey on his last album, which is like one of those old like. I think it's uh, Jones. George Jones is probably the one who made that one famous. Although, again, not something he wrote. Right, right. Um, I mean, country music is interesting because it, it focuses on legal vices, right? Because uh, absolutely, like edgy mm-hmm. pop music and rap music focuses more on on drugs. Yes. Um, whereas country music has to kind of keep mm, it to that. That's a uh, really good point. Heartland of America. You drink beer or whiskey. Um, absolutely. Right. But yeah, there's a lot of like. Huh. You you use alcohol as kind of like a numbing tool and like salvation there. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of that conflicted aspect of it. Like there's like a romance in it. Mm-hmm. But you're like, that's probably not healthy to be like <laughs> reaching for the bottle to be like self-medicating. But that's kind of the weirdly contradictory world of country music. Yeah. Something that's sort of like you idolize and you kind of like use to help you. Mm-hmm. It's the whole Homer Simpson alcohol solution and cause of all of life's problem that's kind of like country music in a nutshell (laughs) and so that's kind of why they go together because a lot of it is all about like cheating and you done me wrong and i done Mm -hmm. done you wrong you know etc 
So drinking and being passed out and you got it. And like totally. And there's that aspect of partying, right? Like waking up, like doing shots. Mm -hmm. It goes like back. There's definitely lots of those kind of songs too. And it's, it, it, I mean, like, it's not, it's not like they, there aren't songs about wine and beer. Oh, absolutely. Those all get referenced too. There is something very like, particular about using whiskey in a song there is something oh, yeah. that can convi- like you don't have to explain yourself like when you are singing a song about drinking whiskey it means something very different than when you're dr- drinking like beer. drinking a beer totally right so yeah it's uh, and wine too right right exactly does anybody drink a, uh, sing about <laughs> drinking wine i mean <laughs> well, so, so here's a funny thing so back to one of my favorites ashley monroe on her first album mm-hmm. there's like a funny little song about it's basically about getting in like comfortable in a relationship and kind of wanting to be surprised so it basically like like the chorus goes like give me weed instead of roses give me whiskey instead of wine right and it just kind of like goes off into that kind of you know, and it's yeah. kind of funny because like she comes off as like this kind of like soft spoken, like demure kind of person, but like you just hear it and you're like, oh, like, oh, and also like very heartbreaky about like everything, like very tragic about what she normally sings about. So to hear that kind of song was like, oh, that was kind of a funny little departure. So there you go. There are people who kind of like sing about wine and other stuff, but yeah, there's something about that whiskey aspect mm-hmm. that feels more i guess authentically country yeah i guess to people and it feels like when you want to get serious about your feelings (laughs) you reference whiskey i I guess that's going to jamie's point earlier it's like if if a song artist uses whiskey in the Mm -hmm. song it just Mm -hmm. already you can make so many assumptions so many assumptions. Um, yeah and certainly over wine or or whatever the the comparison the compare contrast is interesting Yeah. yeah absolutely there's also this thing in Bearded Sipper does it. It's the George Thurgood Thursdays. Yes. Okay. Yes. One bourbon, one scotch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Um, and so again, it just I think it just speaks volumes about how like whiskey has like ingrained itself specifically in like music in in pop culture in general. Yes, and TV shows and and stuff like that. But for some reason, in music. It just seems to like it just pairs so well, right? Um, so, so can you explain that reference to me because I don't actually know it as well. Um, the the um... so I don't actually. So let me look at the hashtag because um, so there is a song called "One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer." So by by George Thorogood. Yeah, and I think well. I, was he the original artist, though? This is a good question. Was he this is the a very original? good question. I don't think he's the original. Yeah. So, Bearded Sipper, 1976. Uh, that's the Instagram account. Um, he mm-hmm. single-handedly created this uh, hashtag. As far as I know, um, he single-handedly created this. And it's, uh, it's really been uh, wonderful because I think, you know, Bearded Sipper's a long-time listener. Right. Uh, we've mentioned him on the podcast before. But uh, uh, last year, I don't know, a long time ago, he started this one beer. Uh, yeah, this mm-hmm. uh, George Thorogood a hashtag and it's done ridiculously well. It's done ridiculously well. It's like, yeah, now so it, it's know, not. Friends. So the original version is not right. done by Thorogood. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's we're all on our phones right now. We're all yep. looking at we're the Wikipedia. It yeah, <laughs> we've all Googled it just to we've, see, we've just to make script. sure. We have, uh, we have no idea where we're um, going. Um, so originally Billboard R and B chart. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's really interesting because. Maybe someone should actually explain this to us on Twitter. Bearded Sipper, just give us a buzz on Twitter. Actually, or yeah, whatever. Actually, yeah, or Instagram. About this. <laughs> because yeah. I, so, so my, the part of me that is like rational is like, if you're doing George Thorogood Thursdays, wouldn't you Instagram a picture of a scotch, a bourbon, and a beer? Right. Yeah. But that is not what I've seen here. But I, I could be wrong. I could. I have, maybe I have to look harder. But maybe that's not the point. I don't know. I'm not in the know, you guys. I'm not. No one has told me. We'll find out. We're gonna. We're gonna find out. I see people do uh, bourbon, scotch. A bourbon, and scotch, and beer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So again, like there is that sort of. Oh, look at this cute dog on Instagram. It's cute. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, I get really distracted by cute dogs. (laughs) Can't think of anything else now. Um, But yeah, no, again, it's just one of those things where it like, it gets into your sort of like psyche and that, Mm -hmm. that sort of uh, piece. And uh, it, it becomes something, it becomes its own sort of entity. Like Jack Daniels would not be where it is if it weren't for Frank. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And it really does like, speak volumes about the sort of like the the combination of of like arts and alcohol mm-hmm. <laughs> you got it absolutely absolutely um yeah so yeah. Mike, Mike DeCaro where can people reach you on the Twitter on sphere the, on the interwebs yes. it's just at my name at Mike DeCaro you can tell me how much wrong I got about country music <laughs> sorry I'm learning I would like to know more about the culture I just do not care for most of the dudes in the culture he knows mm. so, so much more than I do yeah yeah um, yeah. Mike, Mike DeCaro is also a wine writer um, yeah you do you yeah, I guess if if you're in the local Toronto area, I got a story on the latest issue of Foodism Toronto there um, it is. that just kind of came out there on some uh, some disruptors in the local wine world. Very cool. Ooh. So yeah, love that. Very cool. Controversy. Cool. What? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Mike DeCaro does not do Snapchat. No, no he do does not. not do Instagram really that not much. Not that often. Uh, I try. No, on occasion. That, that's effort, Mike DeCarlo. That's a poor effort. But it's all, it's also at Mike DeCarlo on Instagram. Um, the Instagram stories, if you follow those, will probably be yeah. about baking. Yeah, which I love. I oh my gosh. I watch those baking like literally I check my I refresh my thing just to be like what's happening now what's he making and Jamie how can people find you I'm at bourbon thing Twitter and Instagram and I actually deleted Snapchat off my phone because it was taking up too much space it's done but I'll put it back on like one day it's just my phone is so small and it can't handle that sort of information <laughs> Snapchat will be done Instagram by then. stories is killing Snapchat. Oh Snapchat is IPOing in next year. I don't know what they're going to IPO with. Good like, luck. good luck. Like, I mean, you're you're, you're pretty much done. I'm I sorry. Wow. They have the same problem that uh, Groupon had. So, and I am Mark Bylock, M A R K B Y L O K. And as always, you can find us on whiskey.buzz, no vowels. That's whiskey.buzz. Right. And uh, please do rate us on iTunes. We like ratings. They're great. Yeah. We do shots. We'll do another. The podcasts yeah. get a little more crazy. I slur more towards the end. It's Absolutely. Fun. Hilarious. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Listen to more. 
what country music? 